Welcome to Fandom Media. Hello, everybody. We are back from a hiatus of sorts. We were over at our other channel, History of Westeros, covering Game of Thrones with three episodes a week. But we're back to Fandom Media now, covering Broad City, one of our favorite shows. I'm Ashea, and right here with me are Aziz and Sean. Hey. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. This is our first episode covering Broad City, so we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite episodes and our favorite characters to start things off a little bit so that you know what we like about Broad City so much. For one, I like that there are female leads here. I like the stoner pot humor, and, well, I just like their friendship. I think this show is really fresh. I like the uh, variety of styles of comedy that they get in. A lot of it's kind of zany or physical slapstick kind of comedy but a lot of it's kind of like long-term setups and they do a good job of establishing characters and being consistent with them something we'll talk about in the episodes and I also like that i think if you watch just one episode it's funny but if you watch four episodes there's some i don't know social context to what's going on you know the idea of the nature of relationships and what's expected in society and some girl power mixed in there too i i, I really like the show uh this kind of like Young single people in in New York, in this case, trying to find their way through the world. It's something a lot of people can relate to, and I think they do it with a lot of humor up front, but some depth underneath. We're on season four now, so most of you probably know that you can watch Broad City on Comedy Central, or you can find it on Hulu at as of this recording. Of course, that changes sometimes. But uh, we've been watching it since... Before season one technically started, because they released season one, episode one, a week, a couple weeks before it aired on Comedy Central. So we were watching it from the beginning, and we've been big, big fans of it. I think it's maybe my favorite Comedy Central show, period, but there's one other strong contender. What's the other strong contender? Nathan for you. Oh, that's oh, right. Good yeah. call. Comedy Central has a couple good ones, for sure. Well, I don't have anything different to add that you guys put in about the show. I just judge it by the fact that I just laugh a lot when I watch it, you know, as far as, you know, analysis aside, that's just, that alone is all it takes to have a good experience and to think, well, this must be good. <laughs> so let's talk about some of our favorite episodes then. Aziz, what are some of your favorite episodes? I really like Destination Wedding from season one. It's the one where they're running through town, going to different m modes of transportation and uh, telling crazy stories along the way. And lots of like there's like admissions and, and confessions. And it's just some of them are a little creepy and awkward and uh, most of them are hilarious. Um, and it's got a lot of Hannibal Buress in it, which is great. I also like B&B uh, NYC, which is when they both rent their places out as Airbnbs and crazy stuff happens. Obviously, as is a trend with the show, <laughs> good things happen to Alana. She kind of fails upwards and Abby just has bad things happen to her despite her best efforts. It's kind of a, a theme <laughs> of the show. And this is a very perfect example of that. Uh, I really liked all the stuff with Blake Griffin in that, in that episode. <laughs> that <laughs> That's just hilarious. so funny. And then I love the episode Co-op. That was my third choice, which is the one where Abby pretends to be Ilana, takes her day working at the food co-op, and it's just the portrayal of extreme, you know, hippie culture it was really hilarious. Their spoofing of it was just great. This guy was just such the, like, archetype hippie, and the boss was <laughs> the just meanest, you know, anti-meat-eating, like, her co-op is the best thing there is kind of thing. It was just really great. What about you, Sean? I'm really close to picking the wedding episode that Aziz picked also. And it's worth noting that part of why I like the show so much that that episode made me realize that the uh, filmmaking 
skill and effort that goes into this. That episode was a, a lot of like moving pieces on the streets of New York City. And I just think a lot about when I'm watching a show, what goes into making it, the filming and everything. And uh, I want to give that one a lot of credit. But uh, I think that my favorite one, my overall favorite one, I think is uh, episode two of season one, Pussy Weed. And uh, <laughs> that one does, one, it's an early episode. It's kind of introducing the characters setting up the world of Abby and Alana. And I'll also point out, by the way, that another thing the show does, they have a lot of cameos. They get a lot of other comedians from the community involved and, uh, and people even who aren't necessarily thought of as comedians make some cameos on the show. I appreciate that part. If you haven't seen it, I I don't know why you're listening to us right now, but <laughs> if you have seen it, you'll remember the, the closing bit of that episode was when they were doing the voices of the dogs. They had set up earlier when they're thinking about what dog they would be. Man, that's my funniest <laughs> moment of the, the whole series. I also loved Apartment Hunters. It had the great open when they go into the bank to cash the check with the Drake song playing. They're all in costume. And uh, and also the Amy Sedaris bit when she's fumbling, spilling stuff out, trying to show them apartments. And uh, and then the third one I would pick was one that where I feel like was the most serious, the most deep and emotional they got. Uh, not that they haven't ever before, but the Burning Bridges episode when it was kind of a running storyline that Abby was hiding her relationship with Trey from Alana and it kind of came to the forefront in a very awkward and emotional, poignant kind of way. And it was for a show that keeps me laughing so nonstop for once. I was like, that's a little sad for a minute. I was a little worried, you know? (laughs) There were breakups in that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Burning Bridges is one of my favorites as well, for sure, uh, for the reasons that you mentioned, but also because it was a great, you know, homage to Mrs. Doubtfire and to this uh, type of scenario where you're running back and forth between two different tables and and that sort of thing. It's a very tropey thing that's happened a lot of times. But also it has just my absolute favorite Broad City deleted scene. If you go to Comedy Central's website, you can find it there. Bevers makes it work. It's from when (laughs) Bevers is telling... Bevers, it's from when Bevers is telling Abby to make it work. <laughs> He's trying to advise her on what to wear for her date with Trey to keep yeah. it casual and all these things. And Bevers tells Abby what he would wear on a date with Trey. And I don't want to spoil you, but hooves are involved. <laughs> so you should watch this video. Uh, so that's definitely one of my favorite ones. I also really like the Wisdom Teeth episode, which has Bingo Bronson and Abby just gets made up, just looking crazy, you know, by Alana. Really like that one. It's very surreal and, and wacky, so I like that a lot. And hashtag FOMO, which is the one where you discover that Abby has this alter ego Val that she becomes <laughs> when she gets really drunk and she sings and it's this great performance and they go to all these different parties and you see Geralt again from season one. I also like that I have FOMO in my vocabulary now. Yeah? I use that word a lot. I've had that thought, that emotion a lot and didn't have a word to attach to it. Now yeah. I do. <laughs> I think my favorite intro, my favorite cold open, because this is a show that does a lot of great cold opens, I think my favorite one is the one from Two Chains, which was in season three, the season three opener, where it goes through a year in their life. And I just thought it was mm. this great filmmaking work. You see their lives and there's so many great little visual gags in it. And the song was great. Lizzo. Uh, I, I really like that one. So those would be my favorite types of episodes, I think. Okay, so we might have gotten a hint at some of our favorite characters by what our episodes were. But mm-hmm. what are our favorite characters? Aziz? Trey. Uh, it's close with Trey and Lincoln. But since Sean has Lincoln, uh, I go with Trey. (laughs) (laughs) I gave away yours. (laughs) Trey has the advantage of some little side videos, little short videos. Yeah, Yeah. Body by Trey that is a little more material with him. Trey and Gemma is also featured in those little shorts that they do. I want to give them credit for... (laughs) 
just the show part of why it's so funny is because they just can just nail something so well they just hit a character type or a personality or a comedy a presentation style or whatever they're, they're really good at like hitting it just right and playing up to it yeah i think uh, i really like lincoln and trey and i think out of the more minor characters because it's so hard because it's so hard to choose between you know abby and alana and the, the two main characters what are these minor characters i like jaime a lot too we don't see a ton of him but i'm always delighted when he's on screen trey cracks me up constantly and i really like bingo bronson we've only seen him a little bit <laughs> tiny bit but the voice of bingo bronson is paul downs who plays Trey, so it's kind of like, I just really like Trey, I guess. Bring back bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Meta Elements. So this episode, Sliding Doors, is obviously a reference to the Gwyneth Paltrow movie of the same name. And this is something that they actually wanted to do for a long time, Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer. They wanted to have a flashback episode where they showed how they met and they wanted to do it for season one and they tried to do it for later seasons. And Amy Poehler, who is one of the producers, kept saying, no, you guys need to wait till a little bit later till you've built up your mythology a little more and you have more to go off of. And I read an interview that they were like, yeah, she was right. She was right. Mm-hmm. They had also been imagining it as like a season ender for the other seasons, whereas mm-hmm. this, in this case, it's starting the season off. So the context is definitely different than they originally envisioned it. This episode was directed by Lucia Agnello, who has done a couple other movies recently, uh, including the... Rough Night. Rough Night was kind of a big release, and then there was Time Traveling Bong, which starred Alana Glazer. And the writers of the episode were Abby and Alana themselves. This episode had a few different people in it. For example, Constance Schulman, a name you might not instantly recognize, but that was Psychic Oda. That's Yoga Jones from Orange is the New Black and Patty Mayonnaise from the cartoon series Doug. We also have the return of a pretty minor character in the show. You might not have realized we saw her before, but this this actress, Hallie Wegren Gross, which is pretty fitting with the kind of names that they had, I think, <laughs> is Parker Luxton. And you've seen her in the Fattest Asses episode in season one when Abby and Alana go to that party where they eat the mac and cheese balls and all that. <laughs> Truffle mac and cheese balls, sorry. When Alana goes up to talk to her, Parker just looks at her blankly like she doesn't remember who she is. And you're like, oh, I guess she didn't remember Alana. That's rude. But now with this in context, it seems like maybe she was being rude on purpose like because Alana was awful. Actively trying to ignore her rather yeah. than not That's actually girl remembering her. That's the girl who would show us bestiality videos. That's the girl who used to call me Madison all the time. <laughs> Don't take it personal. She calls everyone Madison. <laughs> We've also got a small appearance by this actor, Jeff Hiller, who was really noticeable to me. He was Alana's boss, Tim, who also saw Abby get her hair cut off, her pony cut. And I recognized him. He's in the Hot Wives of Orlando and Las Vegas series. Those are on Hulu, these comedy series. They're uh, pretty hilarious. And he was also in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in the text emergency song. But a funny story about that is that obviously Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, if any of you don't watch it, it's worth checking out. But the main actress behind it, Rachel Bloom, was Alana Glazer's roommate oh, in college. Oh, cool. And they would obviously work together on stuff and stuff like that. So I think that's a cool connection. The Crazy Ex-Girlfriend character isn't too far from Alana's character and her <laughs> irresponsibleness. Maybe she's farther along in life. She's a lawyer. You yeah, know, but, she's uh, a lot more capable yeah. than Alana is, for sure. <laughs> Slightly less pot, too. Yeah. <laughs> but equally irreverent. <laughs> they both love singing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think this episode was a really great first episode for us to cover. It just worked out that way because this is a backstory episode that sets the stage for a lot of running jokes and things that happen in the show. Narrative. In the episode itself, we see that Abby and Alana spend the day. Spend the day. <laughs> we see that Abby and Alana spend the day together in one reality, having this great day that ultimately ends in death. Yeah, like what? That was so surprising. <laughs> and Psychic Oda did say that they were going to die today, but I don't think any of us believed her when she said yeah, that. I totally forgot about it. Even after they were hit by the bus, I was like, "Oh yeah, that was predicted." <laughs> like much later. I was suspicious because I, I saw the movie Sliding Doors, but it was a long time ago, and I had this vague memory in my mind that it ended in tragedy. And I don't know if I should spoil it here for you guys, but it was also following two storylines. And <laughs> we'll just say that Broad City had a similar conclusion to Sliding Doors. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this twist on it in that in the other timeline, they're having mutually crappy days, but they end up running into each other later. So when you're watching it, you're thinking, oh, this can't be how their day went. You're thinking this day with them together is the real storyline so it definitely got me there it was yeah, a gotcha it, moment it worked for sure it was a little clue though when when alana was given abby advice on how to handle bevers and we know that bevers didn't leave so <laughs> this storyline might not be how how it turns out actually That's yeah i was picturing all these ways that it just didn't ultimately work out for them but there was a better explanation as it turned yeah. out <laughs> some of these situations we see from both of their perspectives, we see Abby go through it and we see Alana and Abby go through it. Some of them, they just don't do it all. But in one of them, Abby gets catcalled, which is kind of a running joke that we've seen before in the show. Abby being uncomfortable with this, but not in your typical uncomfortable way. She just doesn't know what to say back. So she replies to this guy with, I I never get wet. <laughs> Take that, jerk. Burn him good. <laughs> and so after that, he's like, I love my life. <laughs> So we see it come back again with Alana present, and she is just never uncomfortable in any situation. <laughs> Even if she's the one that's doing something wrong in the first place. So she immediately kind of mocks this guy, his attempt at being funny, puts him in his place, chucks his little gun, his little bubble gun away. And and you kind of see uh, something that's common in their relationship between Abby and Alana is it. Alana does a lot to bring Abby out of her shell. And so Alana, like, so confidently blowing this guy off and telling him off, you know, makes Abby, yeah, yeah, th this is the way to deal with it. Hey, man, you and your stupid gun. She just doesn't have it in her to, like, throw it. She just, like, wants to and starts to set it. It's almost like she wants to, when she sets it down, she, like, arranges it neatly. You know? She's good at that, really, yeah, that, like, discombobulation where she can't, because she also tries to reach for a second one at one point and then yeah. changes her mind. And then, yeah, it's great. It's a good moment of physical comedy. Uh-huh. So eventually we get to Alana's home life, and apparently, you know, she's kind of in her own world, going through her day, and it's not very good at this moment. She wants to go vent to her roommates, but she walks in on her roommates venting about her, <laughs> and she just collectively refers to these three white girls as Madison, the Madisons. She keeps calling each of them Madison, where they keep referring to each other by their full names, their full <laughs> Madison-esque names. Elizabeth Booten Bates. Parker Luxton and Jessica Merkel Keller. With Jessica is played by someone with just as fancy of a name, Elizabeth Cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> and you really wonder how Ilana ended up living with these girls in the first place. <laughs> that might be an interesting, like, they need to do, like, a webisode, like, ten minutes on how this happened. She tricked them with her straightened hair. <laughs> 
I love how, despite all their disagreements on everything, they still got her with that. Like, and your hair, when it's wet, it looks just like, fine. I'll go straighten it. <laughs> I think one of the hallmarks of the show are these what-if situations that they pose to each other. These questions, these games that people play. I don't know. I know myself and my girlfriends do it a lot. It's a regular thing. I've talked, I've seen stand up about this phenomenon of like asking questions like this. If I did this, what would you do? <laughs> I know we do this type of thing at work all the time. Great. Yeah. So if you had to be a thruple, so I wanted to pose the question to everyone. I know Sean's answer is one that I entertained myself. It was so easy. Ab and Alana. Ab and yeah. Alana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then there'll finally be a couple, which I know is what I'm rooting for, ultimately, is for them actually <laughs> to get together in the show. But. I think my answer would be Rob McElhaney and Caitlin Olson from Always Sunny, because then I, I could be involved in the Always Sunny process. Those, that's the <laughs> creators and stars of that show, one of our other favorite shows that we also cover. You know, when you mention that one, it makes me want to say uh, Charlie and the Waitress. I consider yeah. that one too, <laughs> but the Waitress, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, isn't a writer or isn't that featured, so... Yeah, but she's really pretty. <laughs> just <laughs> like Charlie. Just a, and Caitlin Olson's just a bird, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. what about you, Aziz? They have to be writers? No. Any couple. Any any couple anyone you could be in a throuple with. You could say Sean and his future girlfriend if you wanted to. <laughs> no, I will say Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. Okay, okay, good one. <laughs> All right. I might be the third wheel in that arrangement, but hey, you, this is a she fantasy question right here. So. You might get Quite broken. fantasy. <laughs> of course, their answer is that they wanted to be in a, in a throuple with the Obamas. <laughs> and then they have this great interaction, very self-aware interaction about... Never backwards, only forwards. A woman is next, you know. <laughs> so hopeful. And there's a lot of Trump in this episode, as we'll see. Yeah, it's and just there's part of that reference. And there's a lot of Trump in future episodes. I'm aware of that as well. Right on. They actually had to rewrite some of this season because they just thought Hillary was going to win. They thought Hillary <laughs> oh, Clinton yeah? was winning. Wow. And they're like, well, Whoops. we can't just pretend she won. <laughs> to rework some Whatever. Jokes. They just had alternate timelines in this episode. Yeah, Why yeah. not? <laughs> Fandomedia.reviews. So we get this other great scene with Alana's presentation at a mystery class. She isn't even sure what class it is. And it took place at Thursday at 1 p.m. I'm going to have to stop you right there. It was actually Friday at 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we get this uh, surprise Jaime appearance here because you don't see his face at first. Alana gets in and she just starts making out with this guy with long hair and a beanie. You're like, who is this dude? And it's Jaime, who we know is gay, <laughs> but I guess he's a little more sexually fluid than we thought. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he wants to be a citizen after all. <laughs> <laughs> he does become one in citizenship eventually. <laughs> Jaime, of course, his real name is Arturo Castro, and he's been in the show Narcos on Netflix, which is a much more serious role for he's him. He's a dark character in that. He's a good actor. Yes, yes. It's very surprising to see that kind of range on him. So if you're interested in that show at all, this is an extra incentive to watch it. Yeah, I really liked Jaime's line where he asks if she got kicked by subway dancers again. <laughs> again. <laughs> again. <laughs> she just gets so close to them. Um, <laughs> there's also a little moment in that sequence that I liked a lot where she asks that girl to stage a, you know, disruption, a distraction. And then the girl actually does if something happened to her. And she goes, I'm serious, you bitch. <laughs> and she runs out of there. I don't know why it cracked me up so much. It's one of the funniest moments of the whole episode for me. 
one of the first things they talk about after they leave the subway in one of the timelines is getting high together. And by the end of the episode, it kind of culminates in that where they're smoking on this median where Delana has a plan where if the, the police come, she just throws her glass bowl into oncoming traffic. <laughs> and then, of course, that happens. And, <laughs> and in the real timeline, they put Abby and Alana, 2011, and they're having a great time. And I love the three slices of pizza <laughs> that she's getting for herself. She's like, do you want some pizza? Okay, I'm going to have to go back and get you some because these three are for my... <laughs> respect. And, yeah. respect. And in the other timeline, they get hungry together. And I love the phrase Alana uses, which is jinx tummies. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of great phrases, especially in this episode. Bonus Jonas. <laughs> that was so random. One of the things we'll be talking about a lot in these episodes are the callbacks or continuity that they have in the episodes. It's hard to say whether they're a callback or just, you know, the characters have things about them. That's their personalities. But there's a lot just in this episode alone. For one, throughout the series, we see that Abby loves to shop at Bed Bath & Beyond. We see it, many jokes to this effect, coupons we, that Bevers throws away. We've and seen her in there with her secret handshake. Secret handshakes for the different employees. <laughs> yeah, it's her. Bed Bath & Beyond coupons never expire. <laughs> <laughs> so again, we see it here when she's running into Alana. That's like her plan was to go to Bed Bath & Beyond, which apparently she can do high. So. <laughs> she bought so much. The yeah, bags were so Multiple full. big bags of stuff, yeah. <laughs> Also, in just the opening setup to the episode was a bit of a callback to the season two episode in Heat, which had this cold open with the two of them running down to the subway like they did here. They barely make it in like they did or didn't here. <laughs> and they interact in that cold open. They go through the subway and they see all these weird, wacky things going on. You know, there's like people eating a giant sub, a whole family eating it together. Some and, like, pigs, yeah, with the pig sounds. <laughs> all yeah. sorts of weird stuff that would be on the subway. The whole train full of Hasidic Jews. Yeah, stuff like <laughs> Like that, but they also see this Asian bizarro world version of Abby and Alana in their exact outfits with the pepper sprayed the eyes, haircuts, holding yeah. like the pole. It looks just like <laughs> them sitting there. They just pass by them and they don't even like look twice at them. And they see these subway dancers, sub subway performers like Alana interacts with here in the episode. But later in this episode, we see. Abby and Alana, again, this Asian version of them at the Froyo parlor, and Abby is looking like wistfully at them there, and they're in the exact outfits that Abby and Alana have worn before. Those girls were so happy. They were really happy. <laughs> uh. You know, a little aside here, there's a lot of... Uh... Subway interaction on the show, which I think is, you know, people a lot of times talk about New York specifically being a character in a show, and I... I assume a lot of people who live in New York maybe appreciate or relate to these moments on the subway. Minor aside here, but there's a show Atlanta has come out with Donald Glover, and I can relate to that in the same way that I imagine people in New York relate to all these subway We're getting bits. our turn. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a callback to this catering job with Morgan from Destination Wedding, their friend Morgan, where an opening opened up originally because someone OD'd, and they mentioned that dark story again. <laughs> Odd callback, but whatever. <laughs> it makes me uh, hopeful that this Morgan character will come back again. The fact that yeah. they're still including her. I want Morgan to come back, but I also want their friend that they were going to the wedding. Yeah, for. yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about their friend, the, the woman that was getting oh, married. Oh. No one makes it there. That's right. That's right. She just got married without any of them. Yeah, exactly. That was that was funny. But I was thinking of the guy that was traveling with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. His zaniness. We see the. 
beginnings of Bever's and the Wedge of Cheese from the pilot episode. From the very pilot episode, remember, Abby gets so mad at Bever's for eating her cheese and she had labeled it and everything. But we see here, she told him. He got the house rule straight. She didn't label it on all six sides. Yeah, you know, so yeah. how is he supposed to know? <laughs> and the rule apparently is, I never pay for food. I never do chores. That's the rule. Have so he set that up? He's yeah. following the rules. <laughs> uh, the rules apparently cost him his physique. <laughs> it is another, uh, I don't know, consistency of the characters that uh, Bevers, even in that the leaded scene you're referencing. He was just eating cheese. Yeah, that, he was. Right? He kind of like it. Charlie from uh, It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some great similarities between Bevers and Alana's character. And I, I have to think that they're on purpose and very pointed. If you remember the episode where Alana works for the temp agency, mm-hmm. working girls, and she's, you know, walking around dogs and she ends up eating all of Rachel Dratch's candies to count all the chocolates. That's right, yeah. And she tells her, you should have labeled all sides. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same thing that he said, and there's multiple other other examples of them saying very similar things. There's some other kind of continuity things that we've seen before, like not seeing Abby's roommate, Melody. We'd never have seen her face. <laughs> Still never. <laughs> uh, we didn't even hear her voice there. Or like Alana just not believing that Abby's that Jewish. Or sleeping on toilets. That's yeah. a very... Yeah. Being, just being awful at her job in general and yeah, sleeping yeah, on yeah. toilets. Yeah. Leaving the door unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Liking porn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the porn wall. Uh, I love seeing uh, Nicole Klorn. That was Alana's co-worker that would record, you know, her memos to herself about Alana from Deals, Deals, Deals being terrorized by Alana yet again, or I guess earlier than ever before. I wonder if she remembered that when Alana got the job. If it was like in her mind at all, if that was just a lost... Well, she had straight hair then, so maybe not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had such an anguished scream. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> we also see uh, Alana in this Mr. Hands bestiality video from season three, Game Over. That's what gets Alana fired from Deals, Deals, Deals as she tweets out a link to... <laughs> Do that bestiality video, and here she defends it yet again. She's very passionate about this. If it was a lady horse and a man dude, then (laughs) then two guy dude dudes, and then dudes can't get married, and (laughs) her convoluted logic. Yeah, the Madisons were very confused. (laughs) So that was, I guess, a reference, not to the typical thing that would be referenced, Mister Hands. Another reference was Alana's hair when they're uh, they're sitting on a bench and suddenly the sprinklers come on and they just get sprayed with water and they run off and of course Alana's straightened hair just like curls up to way that what we're you know used to seeing normally from her and she's frustrated and embarrassed by it I guess because the pressure from the Madisons but uh, Abby's like. I like it. It looks great. You look got a Rosie Perez thing going on. And Alana's like so hyped to be compared to Rosie Perez. She does this, this kick in the air. I love that kick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to save two hours a day from now on. <laughs> I'll never be late again. <laughs> Rosie Perez is from, you know, do the right thing. White men can't jump. If you look up a picture of her in the 90s, now she does have very straight hair most of the time. She does have that short, curly hair. Audio Elements. 
Every single time this episode switched timelines, there was a sound of wind chimes. It was like a little audio cue that showed you which that we were going from one timeline to the other or back. And in fact, this episode used a lot of interesting music and audio cues. There was a lot of voiceovers from, you know, like the subway, for example. There was <laughs> F train suspended. Doesn't work anymore. We got to close it, guys, which is, <laughs> you know, a kind of a strange thing for the subway to announce. <laughs> and of course, there's the warning about the New York City snipper, you know, from the news, and then... What do you know? She gets her pony snipped. She's my pony! <laughs> I love... I thought, I thought they said sniffer at first, and I thought, so well, that's weird and creepy, but when he snipped her pony, I was like, man, that's bullcrap. That guy needs to be punished. <laughs> I know, that was awful. Even if it led to such a, va- a great visual gag. But I loved when, later at the very end of the episode, Alana asks her if she got it cut today, and Abby goes, no, I won't... Well, in a, in a way, I did. <laughs> and it just cracks me up so much. <laughs> so Ilana, when she's called on to do her performance, or her presentation, rather, it starts off as a presentation. It's almost like the beginning to a music video, because music starts, and she says like something to one person that she's passing in the crowd, and then she says, what's the name of this class? What day is it? And she, it's, it's, yeah. it's like on beat. It's a very cinematic moment, yeah. I thought. Yeah. So well directed. Was, so it was like a presentation, and then she gets to the front, and it stops. The music stops, yeah. and she's just by herself. I thought when she got to the front, she was going to break into song and dance. It was going to be like a whole routine to this music for the class. But she did end up singing. Like <laughs> <laughs> humans, evil to the bone. Evil to the bone. And then we get our second reference to the Tisch School of Performing Arts in New York. Yeah. They're referred to as Tishies here. Yeah. And the teacher says, we've talked about this before. This is not... Tish. <laughs> and that little cut to <laughs> a, a whole band's worth of instruments labeled yeah. Alana behind the teacher's desk there. <laughs> There's also some nice kind of laid back, like positive music when they're having that bonding moment right at the end. And it's very subtle, but it's, it's interesting because it's not the type of music or the placement of music that you would normally see in like a sitcom, you know? And so I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> they also have some great just random lines that they're talking about that maybe you don't catch immediately. Like, do you like Four Loco? When they're walking around the car. <laughs> I don't trust it. Yeah, and this is 2011, so it actually fits the time period that they would be more likely to talk about Four Loco and that Alana would be asking about Four Loco. It was pretty it, funny to me. It did get banned after that. It's in a lot of They places. nipped it in the ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is hilarious because that the, the phrase is supposed to be nipped us in the bud, and they were smoking bud. Yeah. But they got the phrase wrong for that's not the kind of bud, but still, you know. <laughs> it's a pretty common, if, if I can mansplain real quick, for people to think it's nip in the butt but it's bud yeah. it's like the idea is like to prevent something from blooming to prevent a plant from blooming you nip the bud but alana just transposed butt to ass and nip, so just in the butt <laughs> and i do not understand their conversation about not being able to find eggs after 11 a.m i think new is york bodega is re- it's more likely to not be able to get it but my experience for sure maybe it's different in 2017 but my experience is that I can get eggs whenever I want. That is also my experience. I've never found, had trouble getting eggs anywhere. Of course, we live in the South where there's Waffle House. We've got Waffle like, House, yeah. Literally on both <laughs> sides of certain streets. <laughs> does eating eggs after 11, does that give you <gasps> indigestion? <laughs> or does it give you <gasps> prophecy? <laughs> eggs give you prophecy, for sure. <laughs> Earlier in the episode, there's this uh, great moment where they go backwards, you know, out of the subway, and you hear that guy speaking what seems to be gibberish, Robert, 
As it turns out, Robert. Robert. (laughs) I'm Robert. That was one of my other favorite moments. (laughs) Really cracks me up. I think I'm Robert, honestly, in that interaction. (laughs) But he says, Donald Trump will be president when you play it backwards. (laughs) Visual elements. And of course, Donald Trump is right at the end of the episode. Not the literal end, but the end of one of the timelines when they get hit by the bus. The Donald Trump sign for The Apprentice is on there and it says, you're fired. <laughs> so very appropriate for two people just yeah. run over by a bus. There was a lot of visual things that went on throughout the episode. For example, Abby and Alana's hair. They both had different from the norm hair. I think, you know, Abby's was definitely more hilarious to see that ridiculous look. Very artistic. It very looked artistic. like we had gone even farther back in time to the 80s. To the 80s, yeah. yes. That's what I was thinking. When we yeah. first saw in the trailer for season four, we saw this moment with Abby and this weird hair talking to Bevers which is another visual element I wanted to talk about was that CGI that they did where they like spliced his head on some (laughs) you know hot guy's body but we see that in the trailer I was like what is this like some weird dream that she's having like (laughs) why is her hair like this this can't be reality and no that was actually what happened that was the real timeline <laughs> and right away he's wearing the first time we see bever he's wearing abby's towel this that's is a right AA <laughs> monogram on the side there for abby abrams <laughs> wait is that her name abby abrams abby yeah for abby abrams you know something i complain about in action movies all the time or tv shows is someone gets in a fight and they get smashed in the face and they should have like a swollen eye and a you know a broke nose scratches cuts and like the next scene, they're just normal again. You know what I mean? They could always punch fighting and there's no wounds on her face. But I appreciate that Alana got kicked in the face and it. Period. Just your. I appreciate that she got kicked in the face. <laughs> the end of the sentence right there. I appreciate that she could take that. <laughs> yeah. Kick in the face. She's tough. Apparently yeah. she's taking lots yeah, of those kicks. Again, yeah. Again. <laughs> but they kept that. They kept the, the black eye throughout the course of the episode. I thought that was a good uh, good bit of continuity for them to have. That even action, big budget action movies can't even do a good a job as this comedy here. <laughs> I like that they were a little tricky here. We see Abby get her Oprah tattoo, which we saw in Hurricane Wanda in season one. We see this Oprah tattoo. But this tattoo that she gets in this episode that isn't when she gets the tattoo in actuality because that's the timeline where they die so she just gets the same tattoo in multiple timelines she picks the exact same image of oprah she has always wanted it it's destiny it's her destiny to get the oprah tattoo no matter which door you choose you will get an oprah tattoo I also really liked that we see Alana's iconic, and I really do think it's an iconic hoodie from season one, episode one from the pilot, that green and gray hoodie that she wears running around. That's the hoodie that she's wearing in this episode. It just looks so different without her curly hair and with her different outfit. Early in one of the timelines, Alana's just walking down the street and a bike comes by and yanks her top off (laughs) and she starts screaming and running around and grabs some newspaper and then... She runs past a frozen yogurt place that <laughs> Abby's just sitting there, chilling, eating her frozen yogurt, and Alana's screaming in the background, running around with newspaper covering her. I think it's funny that Alana's screaming about this outfit, because in current timeline, Alana would wear that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> she would not scream at all. She'd be like, oh, eh. <laughs> There's another quick little moment that happened that I really liked was uh, when the Madisons are confronting Alana. And, you know, it looks like basically they're kicking her out. And they, they're, like, getting a presentation ready, and she walks in on it. So they're like, well, we'll just go ahead and do it, even though she's here. And they get one of the girls to on the computer, and she, like, presses a button, and it brings up, you know, <laughs> Alana's image. And Alana's like, you know, the problem with Alana, Alana <laughs> Wexler, you know. And problem. Alana's like, gross. Like, she's, like, worried this is about to be negative. And she presses another button, all of a sudden the little 
Ghostbusters, a little red circle with a cross through it, goes across Alana's face. <laughs> that cracked me up. Final thoughts. All right, that just about wraps up our coverage of this episode of Broad City. We're going to get into our favorite moments of the episode now. Sean, Yay. what was yours? I have a hard time choosing. I think there's a couple like competing for my favorite, and they, they've both been mentioned, but I'm, I'm happy to say them again. One was the one I just said where uh, the little red circle and cross over, over Alana when she's being rejected from the, her apartment. And uh, the other one was the one where Abby is like, trying to stick it to the man when she picks up the, yeah. the bubble gun. She doesn't have it in her to throw it, and she just kind of sets it down. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours, Aziz? Well, I liked the Madison scene, not only because those names were hilarious, but because the whole thing was called a sweeting, yeah. like a meeting. <laughs> and But also honorable mention to Bevers and his new slash old body. That was just, they, they intentionally made it look awkward on purpose. They're like, well, we're not going to fully Photoshop this correctly. I mean, Photoshop's not the right word, whatever CGI effect that was, but they made it messy on purpose. This <laughs> would look ridiculous, and I, I, I like that touch. Somewhere out there, there's some CGI I'm like, I'm per- ridiculous. I worked hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ash? I really liked the scene with Alana in class doing her presentation with the, you know, the shot of the, the djembe and all the instruments and <laughs> her walking down and Jaime. And it does a whole bunch of things about it. It just cracked me up. But a less funny moment that just, I really liked how it was filmed and all that was the ending scene with Abby and Alana talking and they write their names in the cement and introduce themselves to each other and shake hands. And it's this lovely moment. And then they just walk and talk about eggs and life and are just talking about her haircut and just mundane things and there's been a lot of different times in the show where we've seen them just walking off into like the sunset or whatever together and I I like those moments Fandomedia.reviews That's all for today folks thanks for tuning in to Fandomedia signing off I'm Elizabeth Booten fan I'm Parker Luxton fan and I'm Jessica Merkel fan (laughs) 